This episode is brought to you by Get Mobile ID by Get Group North America, the smart choice for ID implementations. Put citizens in control with Get Mobile ID, fully ISO compliant 18013-5, and surpasses AMVA guidelines. Learn more at getgroupna.com. Welcome to AmbaCast, bringing news, information, and expertise to the Amva community. Here's your host, Ian Grossman. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the AmbaCast. This week, I am really excited to welcome to our episode Dr. Stephen Cliff. Dr. Cliff is the current Deputy Administrator at the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, commonly known as NHTSA. Uh, while he is the Deputy Administrator, he also has been nominated to be the Administrator. He's waiting on that process to, to occur with the Senate. And uh, he's the Acting Administrator in the meantime of NHTSA. And while there's a lot we can talk to Dr. Cliff about, we're going to focus on a specific topic related to vehicle recalls. But let me just stop and say, Dr. Cliff, welcome to your very first appearance on our AmbaCast. Ian, thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity to engage on this important subject. So there's there's no shortage of topics we could talk about as it relates to NHTSA, traffic safety, and the AMVA community. Um, the one we want to really focus on, though, this week is timely as it relates to vehicle safety recalls because NHTSA is uh, in the midst of kicking off their vehicle safety recalls week. That's right. Um, we take a week every year to focus on recalls. It's a really important issue because each one of these recalls represents a safety issue and a potential hazard for the motoring public. So we set, a, set aside March 7 through 13 to focus on recalls. Uh, I, one, of the, one of the things that people don't know is that millions of pieces of equipment are recalled each year. Mm-hmm. We're talking about over 1,000 recalls, nearly 1,100 recalls last year which was a record for NHTSA. Mm. Uh, And that represents almost 34 million pieces of equipment, not just vehicles, but, but also other types of things like uh, car seats and, uh, uh, and the like. So it's an important issue. And we like people to set aside some time as they think about changing their clocks uh, Mm. and maybe changing the battery in their smoke detector. Right. To also take a chance to look at equipment, uh, look on our website and think about recalls. Now, you say that it was a a record number. I imagine that could be looked at as a good thing, that we're finding things that may be a hazard letting people know, but also maybe that's not a good thing. What's happening with this equipment that recalls are going up and we're getting a record number? What would be your your perspective on that? For us, I think what's most important is that uh, we're we're putting the effort in to um, look at potential issues, uh, and those tend to come not only from the motoring public, individuals that notice that there's a a potential safety issue, and so they notify us, um, but also from manufacturers who have recognized that there's a problem and then inform us of the need for a recall. I think one of the challenges with recalls of, of all types is that they often get lumped together. And so sometimes it's a challenge for the consumer to understand what really do I need to hurry up and get fixed because this is a, a safety hazard? And what is one of those recalls that, all right, the next time I bring it in, they'll update you know, the sensor that may not be working correctly or the latch that doesn't latch the way it, way it should. Um, how might consumers, whether, whether it is the vehicle they're driving or those other products you mentioned, is there a way for them to be able, be able to filter the urgency of recalls? 
Well, certainly not all recalls require a, a trip to the dealer. More and more, uh, we've noticed that um, there's the potential to push out a software update, which might fix a safety issue. Hmm. So some recalls are handled without the consumer ever having to do anything if there's a what's called an over-the-air update to their yeah. vehicle. But in most cases, the recalls are very simple to fix. Uh, they can be fixed quickly by a dealer, uh, and uh, they're free. So mm -hmm. really, there's no reason that you shouldn't shouldn't take your car in, uh, or um, you know, or deal with a, a, a piece of equipment that needs to be repaired. Um, in some cases, it might be uh, that the manufacturer sends you a part that you install yourself, mm -hmm. uh, or, or it may you know take uh, a trip to the dealer to have something fixed. But rather than have individuals try and determine, wait, is this an issue? We're really recommending that you find out what the issue is and then get it repaired as quickly as possible. Now, a number of our members have started to take efforts to help with that education, to inform, you know, constituents that, hey, you have this recall and, you know, providing additional portals for them to get that, that information. Uh, what are some of the efforts and initiatives that you've been trying to push at NHTSA to in addition to just the general awareness week, the ways really to get it in, in front of folks everywhere you can. Right, right. Uh, great question. Well, we'll take all the help we can get. We appreciate, <laughs> we appreciate all those, uh, those uh, engagement opportunities. Uh, and every touch point with a consumer is an opportunity to let them know that there might be a potential safety issue and um, an opportunity to get that fixed. There's, I think there's several different things to help spread the word. Of course, um, this, this, uh, this podcast is an opportunity. We do our own outreach on social media, mm -hmm. but I think um, others could do other types of things. Uh, for example, a VIN uh, safety check. Uh, that's the vehicle identification number. Um, and so uh, a company, for example, could, could put out a note to all their employees and say, hey, let's do a virtual uh, VIN safety check. You'll be surprised if you go in, put your VIN number in to uh, to our uh, website or into the Safer Car app. There's likely some sort of recall that you may not have known about if you haven't had a chance to take your vehicle into uh, the dealer recently. So it's sort of fun, but also educational. Sure. So I think I think uh, something like that, a, a VIN safety check uh, type of an event. Um, Anyone can download this Safer Car app that I mentioned for their smartphone. You punch in your vehicle identification number, and then if a recall pops up um, with your vehicle in the future, it will just automatically notify you. So that's, mm. a, that's a, another way to, to get the word out. So I think there's a lot of different um, potential opportunities for touch points with consumers to let mm. them know about, about these issues. One of the frustrations I think that some consumers often have with the vehicle recall piece is they try to do what's right only to find out the fix isn't available. Is that something that when you're talking to the manufacturers and you're getting information from them, is that a conversation that you're engaged with directly or is, is your role really about, hey, this is a challenge that needs to be fixed and you really leave it to the the manufacturer, the OEM, whoever it might be, to figure out that solution. I think informing our listeners on you know exactly NHTSA's role mm -hmm. in that recall life cycle is kind of, I guess, what I'm getting at. Yeah, we are in constant communication with manufacturers. And whenever a recall is issued, we're working with those manufacturers to ensure that the most up-to-date information is out there. We do include that information on our website, and manufacturers are required 
to provide information to the consumer mm -hmm. uh, and also provide a fix. So, and you say, as you say, in some cases, a fix isn't immediately available, or if the the issue is so widespread, there's not enough uh, parts uh, right. to, to repair the issue right away. Um, but you can call ahead to the dealer, make an appointment, ask them whether or not they have the part, uh, and um, and then schedule uh, a repair as soon as possible. Uh, so I, I think that for us, we're also following that, and we're trying to ensure that as, as many recalls are repaired as possible. So we actually do follow it through the full life cycle uh, for as long as it takes to continue to try and get recalls repaired. And have you seen in, in recent months any impact with the supply chain challenges impacting the ability for parts and fixes to be available in a timely manner? I think that supply chain affects everyone in different yeah. ways. Uh, mm -hmm. Certainly... Uh, for for us, supply chain is a um, uh, you know an important issue that at, even at, at more broadly than NHTSA at the Department of Transportation, we're yeah. working to uh, help smooth out any issues and and resolve any supply chain concerns as quickly as possible. But in terms of repair uh, parts, uh, I think that it it depends on the particular issue, and in general, haven't necessarily noticed that there's an increased problem in getting. Uh, recalls repaired uh, as much as uh, really just trying to make sure that people have the opportunity yeah. to do so. Uh, in general, uh, what we find is uh, that individuals don't necessarily know that a recall exists, that we, mm -hmm. especially with used or older cars, um, it's harder for manufacturers to get information to the vehicle owner. Mm. And if a vehicle has changed hands multiple times, uh, that tends to be the bigger issue is mm -hmm. uh, for the manufacturer to send the information to the consumer. Uh, it's not always uh, easy to to get a hold of uh, to get a hold of the individual um, after maybe it's changed hands a, a few different times. So getting the word out, I think, is the first most important thing uh, in terms of getting repairs completed. Um, in our experience, that's fast and easy and most importantly, free. Let me ask you about trends and recalls in, in general, particularly as it relates to the changing technology in vehicles, rapidly changing technology in vehicles. Are we seeing any trends in terms of the types of recalls that manufacturers are, are having? Are we seeing an increase in recalls related to new technology elements or are most of the recalls in some of, I guess what I would call the more traditional mechanical aspects of vehicles? I think we see recalls related to all different types of uh, parts and equipment. The, as I mentioned last year, we, we saw nearly 1,100 recalls, which was yeah. a record for NHTSA. Um, that increase doesn't necessarily mean that there's an increased problem with any type of technology. Mechanical parts have failures uh, and electronic parts have failures. So I don't know that we're seeing necessarily more because of changes in technology as much as a, a greater focus and understanding by industry that there's a, a need to focus on safety. Mm -hmm. So for us, uh, what we're finding is that as you have more equipment out there, there's more opportunities to uh, find uh, you know, potential safety problems and get those remedied. Uh, it, just as an example, more than 300,000 car seats 
in 2021 were recalled. Mm. So this isn't just about automobiles. It's also other types of equipment. And uh, many uh, owners of car seats may not know that there's a potential safety issue that they need to get addressed. Now, in this space, back to the focus on the vehicle side of the recalls, I know that NHTSA, um, with the support of congressional funding, was able to provide some grant incentives for some states that wanted to innovate and try some aggressive outreach to try some different ways to, to reach customers. Um, how has that grant program been going, and can DMVs expect to see more opportunities for NHTSA to support maybe trying some different ways to to reach consumers? Yeah, the pilot program was really successful. We saw an increase in uh, recalls as a result of uh, getting more outreach from the departments of motor vehicle. Uh, And I think um, there is much more opportunity here. Um, We're looking for more ways to innovate. The bipartisan infrastructure law did include some additional resources to expand those grant programs. So we'll be looking to roll those out uh, in the future as well. We also have a lot of touch points with uh, with our counterparts in the state DMVs uh, and um, work with them on best practices for getting information out. Mm-hmm. The Departments of Motor Vehicles, uh, that's a real opportunity. They, they touch uh, each of the vehicle owners <clears throat> as, a, uh, as a government agency that's trusted. Uh, and so that's an opportunity for us to, to uh, get a message to, directly to the vehicle owner. Uh, and, you know, often when we get information in the mail, we look at it and think, oh gosh, this is some sort of marketing thing. Your warranty has expired, whatever. But when you see something from your state DMV, you know what it is. You open that up. It's about your vehicle registration or something else. And so the materials in there, uh, are also an opportunity to uh, connect directly with vehicle owners. So we think there's a lot of best practices. I know many states have tried different things and, Mm -hmm. and they've been successful, um, but as I mentioned, the really difficult part of this is when you have a vehicle that's older and it's changed hands multiple times, that touch point with the manufacturer is lost. And we do find that uh, vehicles that are older may have recalls and uh, vehicle owners don't even know about the recall. Mm-hmm. So the Department of Motor Vehicles is really a chance to connect directly with that vehicle owner. Now, in addition to the vehicle, you know, you mentioned the car seats. Uh, what are the other products? What are the other examples that fall under this umbrella that maybe our listeners aren't aware of? Because I know that obviously there's a lot of focus on the automobile and the automobile recalls. Um, car seats open my eyes to say, okay, this is a bigger transportation safety recall. Isn't just about the vehicle. What, what else is in that under that umbrella? Yeah, anything that has our certification uh, requirements. Uh, so motorcycle that could, helmets. That could be helmets. That could be yeah. tires. Okay. Uh, tires are something that we we often see if there's a, a potential safety issue with tires. Sometimes even if they're much older, uh, there could still be a recall. Uh, and 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 then trailers is another another one. You might have uh, either uh, just a, a like an a cargo type trailer or, uh, you know, even a recreational vehicle, um, there may be uh, a potential recall on those. Um, and tires are one of those things that if they're on a car often are replaced pretty frequently, but if they're on a trailer or on a recreational vehicle, those Mm -hmm. tires could potentially be pretty old. And so that's a chance to look and see whether a recall is, uh, 
in effect for that piece of equipment. Now, I've heard you speak before about recalls in some meetings we've had the opportunity to be in together, and I think um, you have another unique take on the role recalls play in terms of the impact um, to the larger environment, in a sense, and it's probably in part because of your background and some work you've done before coming to NHTSA, but I know I've heard you speak a little bit about um, environment and missions impact as it relates to the recall conversation. Do you mind sharing a little bit of a bit of that and your, your views there? Yeah, just like safety recalls, emissions recalls are also repaired free. Uh, and so I think in, in our experience, in my prior role, uh, we um, had an opportunity to, to, to work directly with the Department of Motor Vehicles. Uh, I was specifically in California, so with, mm-hmm. working with the California DMV uh, to get information out to consumers about emissions recalls. And, and like I say, just like a safety recall, those are free repairs. Uh, and in California, uh, that repair was actually required as part of getting your registration. Mm. So we saw a very high rate of, uh, of repair on emissions recalls as a result of that. When you would go to get your registration completed, the, uh, the requirement would be that you also had to get the emissions uh, recall repaired first before you could register your vehicle. So that resulted in a nearly 100% uh, recall fix in that case. And in, in when someone does a single VIN lookup, they would get both information. They'd find out if there was any, what I'd call a traditional safety recall, as well as any emission recall that would all be in the sen- singular report someone would get by doing a VIN lookup. The emissions-related recalls are not on NHTSA's uh, website, but oh, that okay. information that information is available uh, uh, to to look up. I don't have it. I don't know exactly where you would find that, but we'll find out. We'll get it out. Yeah, yeah, we can we yeah. can figure that out. So uh, I really want to take the advantage of you be, being here, in addition to talking a little bit about the vehicle recall awareness, just at a at a on a high level. You know, a couple months ago, the department put out its um, new national transportation strategy, um, really heavily endorsing yeah. a vision of, of zero deaths, of which the ANVA community right. has been very involved in for many years. Um, and I know you and your team have been working as a critical piece of that. Um, so I want to give you the opportunity to tell our listeners you know, that maybe aren't aware of it, um, some of the key highlights from the NHTSA perspective that you're most excited about the, the new national strategy. Yeah, the National Roadway Safety Strategy, as you mentioned, was rolled out in January. That's something we're really excited about at the Department of Transportation. The Secretary has embraced safety, and uh, we've made that uh, a part of our top priority, of course. It's literally in our middle name at NHTSA. We, uh, in, that, in that National Roadway Safety Strategy, we've taken a safe systems approach, mm-hmm. recognizing that there are lots of potential safety concerns that can be addressed with a redundant type of approach. So we're looking at safer people, safer cars, safer roads, safer speeds, and better post-crash care as part of that safe system to get us to zero roadway fatalities. So uh, we've had previous guests on our podcast. I've talked about safe systems with some other folks, and everyone that comes on has a little bit definition of this new phrase that we're starting to hear more and more about, the safe systems approach. And, you know, is it really 
is it a new approach or is it, are we rebranding the four E's, right? It is all this, <laughs> this uh, contemplation. What, what's your kind of definition on why safe systems is really a different paradigm and a shift from the way we've approached it in the past? I think what's important is to recognize that humans can make mistakes, but those mistakes should not cost them their lives. And the safe system approach recognizes that there's a redundancy in the system, that things lead up to what people often call an accident. Mm. But we don't really think of them as accidents. There are there crashes or incidents that result in injury and fatality that we're trying to address. Yeah. That shouldn't all be on the human as the driver. Uh, there should be redundancies built into the system. Roadways should be designed to be safer. Vehicles should be designed to be safer. We should be addressing potential safety issues through all types of opportunities, including technology, but also designing roads to be uh, to, to allow for slower speeds or to encourage slower speeds. And then at the end, in, in the event that there is a crash that occurs or some sort of roadway incident, that we have better post-crash care, that mm -hmm. we get those individuals to the care that they need as quickly as possible. Yeah, we, we've tried to ban the A word in our uh, AMVA dialogues. Uh, we stay away from that word and, and definitely use the word crash for so many of those reasons and, and more. Um, one of the things we were excited about is the strategy specifically calls out the role of uh, driver records and driver history records mm -hmm. and the ability for states to exchange those records. Um, and while there is some history there on the commercial driver side that we've worked with FMCSA on for many years, mm -hmm. the strategy really calls out the ability for us to partner with you all at NHTSA on the non-commercial side to have a more effective um, ecosystem for exchanging driver history records to make sure that those unsafe drivers are, are taken off the road. One, we're excited it's called out and we're looking forward to really working with you all more on that on that initiative. Yeah, that's great. I think that's important. Our focus on safety needs to be all encompassing. And so that's another opportunity to ensure uh, to ensure safety. I just I wanted to, to just highlight a couple of other um, things in terms of our priorities that you had asked a, a bit about yeah, please. safety strategy. And uh, I, I thought it would also be important to, to note that we work on more than uh, than just the safety recalls, although that is something that's very important. Uh, we also work on the corporate average fuel economy uh, mm -hmm. regulations, so we're trying to make vehicles cleaner. Uh, and, uh, and, and then in thinking about regulatory work that we do, uh, we focus on safety from every aspect of uh, our regulations, but we also try and encourage vehicle manufacturers to make safer vehicles in the first place and to get consumers to uh, purchase vehicles with the most safety equipment. So the new car assessment program is our five-star safety rating for mm -hmm. vehicles. And we're really focused on uh, that particular program. And we're excited that we're going to be updating the new car assessment program, uh, our five-star safety rating uh, later this year. So we're working to put out a new request for comment on that. And uh, we'll be really excited to, to get feedback and ultimately update that program, which hasn't been updated in nearly a decade. So let me ask you a question about that program. Is there any intersection between that program and a manufacturer's or a model history on recalls? If there is a, a manufacturer or a model that specifically has a recall history and there is, say, a new version of it or coming from that manufacturer, is there any overlap between the five 
star rating and the history of recalls? Well, recalls in general, we when there's a safety issue, which uh, we identify a recall, that should not be perpetuated into a future model year. So yeah. that's something that's fixed and then addressed for any any future model year. Uh, so in that respect, I think, no, there's there's not a direct link. Uh, and, and we're evaluating those vehicles based on uh, based on um, the, 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 the examination of that vehicle in front of us. So it's uh, a vehicle's not. Right. Uh, not uh, a safety rating isn't affected by um, the the history of a, a recall per se. You could go back and change a rating, right? So if a, if they're selling, if someone's selling a vehicle, because I think one of the things that's happened a, a a positive shift that I've seen the past few years is manufacturer more manufacturers are embracing safety benefits and safety opportunities actually in the marketing of their vehicles. Which you know, it's a good thing. You know, it used to be it wasn't that long ago where every car commercial was about how how fast it could take the curve, right? And we're seeing right. this shift start to happen where safety is becoming a marketable feature, right. which safety, I think is safety sells for sure. Yeah, and so is there any you know when they are perhaps waving that flag of a five star rating? Is there any? Is there any? Well, maybe we got to go back and look at that rating we gave them a few years ago because the car is not performing the way we thought it would when we did a new car assessment. The, the safety rating on a vehicle, uh, on a particular model of vehicle, may change if the uh, equipment or offerings on that vehicle mid-model year change. But uh, we're not going back and, and changing the ratings for past uh, vehicles. If a recall exists, mm-hmm. the manufacturer must repair that, that right. uh, particular piece of equipment on the vehicle and remedy it back to its state that is, is considered safe. Right. What other priorities? I, I do want to be respectful of your time. I know you're a busy man in demand. Um, other priorities that you really wanted to make sure that our members, particularly knowing that it is the DMVs, the motor vehicle community, and the uh, state police, you know, that's another part of the AMFA membership that are listening. I know enforcement's a big part of NHTSA activities. Any other priorities you want to call out while we while we have you captive on our podcast? Yeah, thanks, Ian. Well, of course, we talked about vehicles and equipment a lot. Uh, I think it's also important to focus on uh, drivers themselves. We've noticed, uh, as you're probably aware, an, an uptick in fatalities since the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. And we see that that's related to taking additional risks, uh, drivers taking additional risks. And so really, I want to encourage people to put on their seatbelt, to drive sober, and to slow down. I think this is a chance for us to look at what's happening and recognize that the terrible trend that we're seeing, each of those numbers represents the loss of life of a human on our roads. So each of us should take that responsibility very seriously. And I really encourage your listeners to think about that in their own lives and to, uh, to encourage those they know uh, to follow the same practices. Well, Dr. Cliff, thanks for spending some time with us today. There's probably at least another half an hour to two hours of stuff we could talk about considering the huge portfolio that NHTSA has when it comes to transportation safety and how it how our members are, you know, the really the on the ground folks, whether it's at the DMV or the State Highway Patrol or, you know, we have a number of DMVs that house the Governor's Highway Safety Office 
which of course Nipsey right. works very closely with. So um, if you wouldn't mind, I would love to have you back for a future episode, maybe dive deeper, deeper into some of these other priorities. Well, I really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you today. I think uh, our focus on recalls is timely and appropriate, and I hope your listeners um, uh, take the chance to, to do a lookup of the serial number on their product or the VIN number on their vehicle uh, and check to see if recalls exist. Uh, and I'm really glad that you're getting the word out. We, we can use all the help we can get. And so I appreciate this opportunity. Our pleasure. Thank you. Thanks to your team who've been so great to work with. Um, I want to thank all our listeners for tuning in this week. Thanks to our producers, Claire Jeffrey and Chelsea Hadwin. Until next week, everyone, stay well. Thank you for joining us for AmbaCast, hosted by Ian Grossman, produced by Claire Jeffrey and Chelsea Hadwin, music by Gibson Arthur. This episode was brought to you by Get Mobile ID by Get Group North America. Visit us at amvacast.podbean.com and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify.